These next three parashiyot are about Avram Avinu. Now Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu was a very remarkable personality. He changed something in the world. Something changed because of Avram Avinu. There was the pessimism of the parashiyot of Breshit and Noach are supplanted by optimism. The pessimism of Breshit Noach was that we're never going to be worthy of the world that we are in. We're always going to be uh, punished, punished uh, 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 tremendously, terribly. Avram Avinu changed that somehow. And we suddenly are living in a more optimistic world, a world in which we think we will continue to exist in spite of you know various other theories but that that's what Avram Avinu did and the parsha the beginning of Lech Lecha so it tries to explain that to us with a lot of hidden messages so we look first at the psukim on the sheet that come at the end of the parsha of Noah right the end of the parsha of Noah introduces us to Avraham. Avraham that time is still called Avram, right? His name has not been changed as yet. You know, if God changes your name, so you're probably a different person than you started out as. But here, Avram is still being referred to by his old name, his former name, which will become his former name. Avraham and Nachor, they were brothers, Avram. Nachor, they got married. They got married to women. Shem Eshet Avram Sarai, Vishem Eshet Nachor Milka. So they each had wives, and their wives had names. Now this is a remarkable departure from the Torah describing, for example, the ten generations from Noah to Avraham when there were only men and the men had children and the children had children but there were no wives there were no wives now whether you can uh, you look at this pasuk and say oh here's the beginning of something here's something that changed but you know that this is a theme that is going to be ongoing in the story of Abraham who the mother of your children is that becomes somehow a a point of discussion, a remarkable new idea. And this uh, Milka was Bat Haranavi Milka Vavi Yaska. Avi Yaska, Rashi says, who's Yaska? Who's Yaska? Rashi says, so Sarah. That Sarah had another name. She had a given name, Sarah. It says Sarah, but it means Sarai. Right? That was her name before it was changed. Sarai uh, is Yiska. And it's the same person. It's like a nickname. Al Shem Shesocha Beruch HaKodesh. That somehow she is uh, uh, in, enveloped in the Holy Spirit. I mean, we know that the wife of Abraham in prophecy superseded her husband at certain times. And it was when she said, you have to remember the stories, and she said, drive her out she and her son 
Who is she talking about? Hagar. Hagar and Yishmael. So the, the, the Chazal say that her prophetic capacity was greater than his. She understood something that he didn't understand. So that's what Sochav HaKodesh probably means. There was, so there's a, in this Pasuk, which you could say is absolutely descriptive, it's about names, about people. There are changes that are taking place in the conception of humankind. First, that there are wives who are the mothers of children. Right? Heretofore, not mentioned, <coughs> not, uh, not referred to right, at all. Uh, and uh, now they are being referred to. Now they're being referred to. The second thing is that the prophecy that Sarai was endowed with was greater, we know greater than the prophecy even of Avram. So there's a, a, another explanation that Rashi gives, which is that the name Yiska refers to majesty. She had a majestic quality about her. Just like Sarah, Sarai, Sar means uh, an officer, an official, somebody who has, uh, somebody who has uh, authority. Okay, Pasuk Lamed. So this is, this is an unnecessary pasuk. She was barren. She didn't have a, she didn't have a baby. I mean, I mean, it's unnecessary. I mean, why, why do you have to say that? Uh, why does the Torah have to tell she, We don't list any children. So we can assume she didn't have any children. But when the Torah says Vaisara Akara, it means she can't have any children, which is different than she doesn't have children. She can't have any children. And that becomes part of the story of Avraham, of Avraham Avinu. The fact that she can't have uh, children and how to deal with that. How Avraham and Sarai deal with that thinking that if, uh, at first, Sarai gave Hagar as a wife to Avraham, thinking, thinking that it was a technicality. It was a technicality. She could overcome her limit, her physical limit, uh, the fact that she can't have children, by having a technical child, right? Because that, I guess those were the rules, that if the mother of the child is the handmaiden of the regular <coughs> wife, then the regular wife gets credit somehow for that child. But that turned out to be mistaken. That turned out to be mistaken because it produced a genetic aberration. Like Yishmael, he had certain qualities from Avraham, but he had other qualities from his birth mother, Hagar. And therefore, he could not have been the child that they were looking for, waiting for, trying. But they had to understand that. Sometimes, if things go well, you don't really know what's going on. You need uh, like something to break it to, in order to understand, in order to understand that the child that Avram had or was going to have 
had to be the son of Abraham and Sarah. It couldn't be a surrogate child. It couldn't be a child that was technically Sarah's, but actually Hagar's. And this is an, another lesson, another lesson that's about, about, after all, one of the things that's happening is turning Avram Avinu into a nation. Into a nation. I mean, obviously, a nation, not everybody is going to be Avram Avinu. Not everybody's going to have that capacity to, to do the great things that Avram Avinu, and yet he is going to be the father of a nation, as the Torah promises, right? Then Pasuk Lamed Aleph. Look at Pasuk Lamed Aleph. Vaikach Terach. Terach is Avram's father. Et Avram ben Ovet, Lot ben Haran, Ben ben Ovet, Sarai Kalato. He took all of these people, Eshet Avram ben Ovet, Vaitsumi, Itam Yur Kastim, Lechad Arzakanan, Vayavo at Haran, Vayeshu Shav. So you know, Ur Kastim, like Babylonia, right? Some, on some maps, way off to the east. For some reason unknown to us, Terach decided to go to Kenaan. I mean, looking at later history, it's hard to understand. Kenaan was always something that you went through. The real, the real riches were either in Babylonia or in Egypt or in places connected to Babylonia and Egypt, right? You see it? You see it? Here's Israel in the middle. Babylonia is up there and Egypt's down there or the opposite depending how you're looking at it, right? So, for some reason, unknown to us, Terach, Avram's father, took his family and went from Urkastin, Babylonia, to, he was on his way to Eretz Canaan, and he got to Haran. Haran is a Babylonian, Haranu is, is a, a camping place. It was on the route. They, they didn't just go. It wasn't like, uh, like uh, 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 scouts, you know, going on the, or the cross-Israel hike. It wasn't like that. It was, there was a route that you followed, and that route took you to Haran. And Haran is the place of the caravans, where all the caravans met. And the reason, of course, the people went on these routes was probably because they were protected. They were protected not by police, but by the fact that a lot of people were traveling. A lot of people were going back and forth. It made it more difficult for the robbers to rob and for the, uh, the, the murderers to, to murder. And so here they are, and they go to Ad Lecharan. Ad Haran. The last pasuk, Vayeshu Sham. Vayu Yimei Terach Shana, And this is, this becomes a difficult pasuk. A difficult pasuk and an interesting way that Rashi deals with the difficulty. So look at the Rashi. Vayamot terach becharan. He died. Where did he die? He terach died in Haran. That means that terach did not get to Eretz Kenan. And they're all sitting there, right? They're sitting there and terach dies. Rashi. Rashi says, Lachar shiyatsa Avram mi Haran. No. This was after Avram left Haran. Ubala Eretz Knaan, Vayasham Yotel Mi Shishim Shana. He was there more than 60 years. Share Katuv. After all, the Pasuk says, Abram Ben Chameshane Mishivim Shana, 75. Bitzaito Mi Haran. Right? Vaterach Ben Shivim Shana. 
Hayakishinolad Avraham, and so Terech was 70 when Avraham was born. Harei Meya Arbaim Vichamesh Leterech Shiatza Avraham Micharan. Adayin Isharumishinotav Harbei, he says, he says, there's something wrong here, because we know that Terech lived after Avraham left Haran and went to Eretz Kenan. It's just, it's simply mistaken. If you take the evidence from the Chumash itself, you see that this idea is simply not tenable. So he says, Adayinish Aru, the last narrow line in the Rashi, Adayinish Aru, Bishnotav Arbei. Terach lived for a long time after Haran. Vilama Hekdima Katu, Mitato, Shel Terach, Lietziato, Shel Avram. So why is it that the Torah is telling us something which is patently false? How do I know that it's false? Because of what it says in the Torah. It's not that I, I figured it out uh, through archaeology or through comparative uh, like linguistic study. This is what it says in the Chumash. That Terach lived long after Avram left Haran on his way to Eretz Knaan. First of the wide lines. Vilama hekdima katu bitato shel terech litziato shel Avram. Shelo yehadava befursam lakol viyomru. That people will not find out. Yomru lo kiyem Avraham et kavod aviv. Shenichu zaken vehalachlo. They should not think that Ye Abraham was not sensitive to the obligation that a son has to honor his father. And instead, people will say that he left his father in Haran, alive and well, and then went on his way to Kina'an. Lefikach kira'o hakatuv mate. Therefore, Rashi says, the Pasuk calls him a dead person, right? Remember the Pasuk? The Pasuk says, Vayumei Terach, blah, 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 Vayamot Terach Becharad. Vayamot Becharad Becharad doesn't mean that he actually died, according to Raj, but it means he was in that category, the category of dead people. How do you get into the category of dead people, Rashi says? Rashi says, Harishaim. That the wicked alive are called dead. So, so what, what, Rashi, what Rashi does in order to, in order to salvage this pasuk is say that, uh, that these last words don't mean that he died. It means he was declared a dead person in Haran. I mean, he was still walking around, he was still drinking coffee, he was still doing whatever he did, but he was declared by history a dead person because he was, because he was a Rasha. And the implication is that if a person has a father who's a Rasha, you're not obliged to honor him in the way that you ha- are obliged to honor your father generally. That's what, the, that's what the Pasuk tells us. But as far as we're concerned, I mean, that's interesting, I think. But what the Pasuk is really telling us is 
that Avram Avinu realized, as the Maharal teaches at great length, everything in the Maharal is at great length, but this is also at great length. The Maharal teaches that some place along the line, Avram Avinu had to separate himself from his biological father and start an actual, uh, a new line. He was new, Avram Avinu. When did that happen? That happened here by Yamot Terach Becharan. That's where it started. That because he was a wicked person, he was considered to be dead. If he was dead, he had no reason to honor him. Avram didn't have to honor him. Then if to honor him, it was as though he didn't have a father. He was immaculately conceived at this time. I mean, after, I mean, we're not that, that advanced. Uh, in immaculate conceptions, but we, it was clear to the Maharal at least, in his explanation of these psukim, that Avram Avinu had to divest himself of his relationship to his father. Because if he couldn't do that, he could not create a new nation, something that never existed in the world before, would always be tainted, would also be tainted by that those genes, the genes from, from Terach. In fact, there is another tradition in Chazal that Terach actually did shuva before he died, that he somehow wanted to redeem himself. He realized that he was the father of a great person. But that's not here in this Rashi. There is one more point that Rashi makes, which I think is very interesting so I'm going to mention it. You see the last Rashi? <coughs> Becharan. You see the last Rashi? Becharan? In, the, in this group of Rashis? Hanun hafucha. Hanun hafucha. The nun is backwards. How do you write a backwards nun? The way you write a nun is, the way you write a nun, it's it it like it's a long, it's a long leg. And at the top, it faces forward. Base is the next word. Okay? So it's like that. That's a nun. Nun hafucha means instead of the top part, the hat, facing forward, it faces backward. The only trouble is, the only trouble is that if you look in your chumash, in a chumash, or if you look at the Sefer Torah, any Sefer Torah in the world, this just doesn't happen to be true. The nun is regular. The nun is regular, and this has been commented about, upon extensively. But there is no reason to think that in the Chumash that Rashi used in Shul on Shabbos, this nun hafucha existed. No reason to think that. And so, what does, what does Rashi say? A nun hafucha lo malacha, not to teach you, Ad Avram hayacharon af shel makom ba'olam. You see that word Haran, that's the name, Haran. But the letters Chet, Resh, Nun are the same letters in the word Haron, anger. Anger, so it says, why is the Nun Hafucha? To tell us that God's anger was until the Avram Avinu. And from Avram Avinu on, the world was dealt with by Kaddish Baruch in a different way, which came out finally came out after the Chet HaEgel. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to, to Bnei Yisrael through Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem HaShem, Kel Rachum V'chanun. 
It was invented then. Nobody knew until that moment that God was Rachel Rechanon, because everybody thought that God was Din, justice, right? You did what you did and you took, you, you got whatever you deserved as a result of what you did, but Rachel Rechanon was invented. So here Rashi says, Rashi says, another thing that happened when Avram Avinu was created, so to speak, when he became, what he became, there was suddenly a reason for God to treat the world differently. And that's what Rashi says, Lo malecha, to teach us, until Avram Avinu, God treated the world so in a manner that produced anger. God was angry at the world. But Avram Avinu redeemed the world. If it could be one Avram Avinu, so there could be more Avram Avinu, or there could be people like Avram Avinu. That's what, that's what it says. That's the end of the parasha of Noah. I mean, I would just say one thing. Interestingly, this statement that Rashi quotes is in Chazal. So the fact that the Nun is not backwards, it doesn't bother Rashi at all. Because the idea of it is still correct. If, if Chazal said, until then, God was angry, and then God was not angry, so that's something that, it doesn't really matter, that they hung it on the Nun HaFucha, the backwards Nun, it doesn't really matter to Rashi, because Rashi, Rashi says that Chazal, they knew something about the Chumash that we are learning, right? That was Rashi's position. The beginning of the parasha of Lech Lecha. Doesn't tell him where he's going to go. So this is the new relationship. The new relationship that you turn according to Abra, uh, what happened here was that an everyday action even an action that had already been begun by Terach and Avram. Right? It was, they were going to Canaan. Why were they going to Canaan? Not because it was Eretz Yisrael. They're going to Canaan because they wanted to make money. They wanted to do well. They wanted to be in a better place. They wanted to do all of that. It was purely mundane. The mundane act was turned by HaKadosh Baruch Hu with Avram Avinu into a mitzvah. That was the, that's the Chiddush. That itself is the great new idea that Avram Avinu brought into the world. And even the Chazal say, Chazal say, and the Rambam quotes it at great length, that Avram Avinu was a theologian, a philosopher, he was able to understand things that he knew about about causality and had to be a first cause and God has had to create the world. He knew all of that, that he figured it out. He figured it all out and then he tried to pass it on to others. But when the Torah has to explain to us in some ultimate way, what was the innovation that Avram Avinu did which so much caught the attention of heaven? It has to be this. And they went to Eretz Canaan, where he was going in any event. 
So the mitzvah turned the mundane into something remarkable. Something remarkable. And that's a way of looking at the mitzvot, like a Samson Raphael Hirsch way of looking at the, at the mitzvot. You can eat, but you have to think about eating. Right? You can live, but you have to think about living. Like everything, everything that's there, the, the system of mitzvot developed, they basically, they basically approach mitzvot, that is. The mitzvot approach everyday life. And they say, you have to think about it. You can't just do it. And that's what Avraham Avinu was doing. He was thinking about what he was doing in any event. Directed by, directed by Kodesh Baruch. Directed by, so that's the first thing, that's the first thing that we know. The second, uh, okay, the second pasuk is, or I will bless those who bless you and those who curse you I will curse so here Rashi Avraham went as Hashem told him. What does that mean? He didn't go to a place that he wasn't going to in any event. He was going to the same place. But he was now going directed by God. That's a, like, a, like, a, like a difference. There's a difference if you go to Eretz Israel because, you know, it's a great place to live. Or you go to Eretz Israel because it's a mitzvah to go to Eretz Israel. That changes, that changes your, your view of yourself and what you are, what you are doing. Abraham ben Chameshanim Yishivim Shanav Seitom Yicharan Pasuk Hey Pasuk Hey Vaykach Avram et Sarai Ishtov et Lot ben Achiv et Kol Rechusham Asher Rachashu Vet Hanefesh Asher Asu Becharan Veyetzu Lelechad Arza Kenaan so even though God did not specifically tell them to go to Eretz Kenan, they continued on their way. Right? In other words, when God said to Abraham, you go, go, I'll show you where you should go. So they started going. Where were they going to go? They went to the same direction that they were going to before. And that direction was to Eretz Kenan. Right? Vayavor Avram Ba'aretz Ad Mekom Shechem it's here someplace. What? Okay, you got it? Here it is. It's a two, four, six, eight, nine lines from the bottom in the Rashi. Mm-hmm. So Rashi says, "Let palel al bnei Yaakov kshiyavoli lachem bishchem." Do you remember? Rashi says, "How come we went to Shechem? What's in Shechem? Only bad things happened to the Jews in Shechem till this very day. Actually, bad things happened to you. Why did Abraham go to Shechem?" So Rashi says, "Let palel al bnei Yaakov." 
Remember, Shimon and Levi went to fight with Shem ben Chamor. And uh, because they raped their sister, Dina. I wanted to marry her, he wanted to marry her. And so Avram Avidu now goes to Shechem in order to daven, in order to daven for Shimon and Levi, who are going to come to have this battle. Right? So, in other words, I mean, it's true that, that, that it's hard for us to fathom, but what it means, I think, is that Avraham Avinu recognized his responsibility for the generations. His responsibility for the generations. Don't we say, we'll see in a second, we say, look at Abraham, look at Yitzchak, look at Yaakov, that it's good for me, it's good for me to remember Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. That there is this idea that memory is able to make things come together. That, that I could forget who I am a little bit, where I come from. Because where I come from is about the obligations that I have or that I should have. And I could forget all of that. But when I say, look at Abraham, look at Yitzhak, look at Yaakov, I, I don't forget it. I don't forget it. That's why I have to start off every time I dive in. I have to say who I am. It's like you're knocking at the door of heaven when you when you uh, when you daven. So in heaven they say, uh, "Who is that? Who is it who's knocking at the door?" So what we say, what we say is that we remember who we are. A long time has passed. That things have happened. That everything has changed, and it's not <coughs> exactly the way it might be. But we remember. Remember where we come from. And by remembering where we come from, we connect ourselves. We connect ourselves to Avram, to Yitzchak, and to Yaakov. <coughs> okay. So Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu did two things. He went as God directed him to go. And furthermore, he was able to daven for the generations to be part of, of the process, right? The generations would coalesce around Avram Avinu, and so his davening in Shechem would make sense. Now, if you turn the page, if you turn the page, there's a story that takes place in the parish of Lech Lecha Perik Yudalit, and that's the story of the battle of the four kings against the five kings, and Lot was taken away, he was caught and taken, and so Avram Avinu felt compelled to fight to free his nephew Lot, which is what he did. And after he fought, and after he won, and after he freed Lot, there's a little story, a vignette almost, about Malki Tzedek. You see the pasuk at the top? Breshit Perk Yudalit Pasuk Yudchet. It's about Malki Tzedek. Malki Tzedek is a name, I guess. Malki Tzedek. Melech Shalem. Melech Shalem. Shalem is, is Yerushalayim. Is Yerushalayim. It's a curiosity. 
is a curiosity, but in Babylonian, which I once knew more about than I know today, but this I still remember. The, the, the city Shalem is written in Babylonian Shalem, and then next to it there's a diacritical mark. You know what the diacritical mark is? It doesn't mean anything. I mean, it means something, but you don't read it. It's just there. Like, like the difference of shit and sin in Hebrew could have a diacritical mark or not. Forget that. The city's name is Shalem. In Babylonian, the word that means city is Uru. So you get it? So in Babylonian, when they wrote, when they wrote the, the city in Babylonian, they wrote the name Shal Shalom, Shin, Lamed, Mem, Shalom. But next to it, they made a sign. And that sign was an Uru sign, which meant that the word Shalom is not a, prop, it's not a, a noun, but is a place name. It's a city name. Somehow that evolved to, uh, into, into Israel, into Hebrew, as Yerushalayim. Because the Babylonians would just say Shalem, but we say Yerushalayim. But it's the same. It's, but they're both the same. I'm glad you are very happy I did that. Malki Tzedek Melech Shalem. So there's this guy, Malki Tzedek, he has nothing to do with the story up to now. It's nothing to do with the battles of the four kings and the five kings at Loth. And, but he was someplace in a city on a hill. And he heard about it, maybe after all the battles were taking place more around the Yericho area. And here's a Balki Tzedek, he's in, in Shalem, which is a city on a mountain, as you may have noticed or not if you ride a bicycle. So Balki Tzedek, Melech Shalem, Motzi Lechem He took out bread and wine. In other words, the way, the way you welcome somebody, and certainly welcome somebody of great importance, like Amoravidu turned out to be, is you bring out wine, and elechem, bread and wine. V'hu kohen le'el el And he, who's the antecedent here of he, is a kohen, Malki Tzedek. Malki Tzedek is a kohen, so that means that the Torah is, is a witness to the fact that Malki Tzedek is from in the traditional Jewish Avram Avinu way. He recognized El Elyon, that, that there was one supreme God, El, God, Elyon above all other gods, right? That was Malkitzedek. And he blessed him, and he said, he, Malkitzedek, blessed Abraham, and he said to him, Baruch Abraham, le'el el-yon Baruch Abraham, le'el el-yon, to the high God, to this unique he, uh, a special God in heaven, Kone Shemayim Varetz. Kone Shemayim Varetz means the one who who made, who created, who established heavens and earth. So here, 
Here is not only is Malki Tzedek a good guy, but he also knows about Breshit. He knows how the world came into being. Ubaruch El Elyon. Blessed is God. El Elyon, again the same, uh, the same idea. Asher Migain Sarecha Biadecha who protected you from the enemies protected you Avraham from the enemies and then the last clause and he gave him a tenth of all the stuff that he had who gave to whom? Avraham gave to so we see you see even without going into the parashadot even without looking at that Avraham recognized the religious personality and he supported it he supported the religious personality it doesn't say that Malki Tzedek became a convert that he accepted Avraham Avinu's ideas but that he on his own so this is something else that's said about Avraham Avinu Avraham Avinu said look I'm special but that doesn't mean that I can exclude everybody else who has the correct ideas about things. So you have this little story which doesn't seem to mean anything about the future of Am Yisrael and Avram Avinu and what's going to happen, but which tells us, I think, something interesting about how people look upon each other, how you, uh, how you can find room within your uh, system, within your philosophical system for people who have basically a similar approach but not quite identical to you. To you. So you look at the, uh, at the Rashi. Rashi says, Malki Tzedek, Midrash Agadahu Shein Ben Noach. That Malki Tzedek, the Midrash Agadah that said that Malki Tzedek was shame because shame was given this land by Noah. So eventually we're going to get it back. Rashi, Rashi says that. Uh, okay. I want to look, I wanted to look at the uh, at the Ramban. You see the Ramban? The first wide line in the in the Ramban, halfway in, the first word is Kir. The Pasuk says, To teach us that Abraham would never give a tithe, Maaser, to a person who was a priest for Elohim Acherim, idolatry, an idolatrous priest. The Ramban says, it must be that Abraham knew even though the Pasuk says that, but how did Abraham know that? So Ramban says, obviously he must have known that. He must have known that he was a Kohen Le'el El Yom. Natan lo ha-ma'aser Hashem. He gave him this tithe to honor God. Baremez l'Avraham izeh, ki sham yiyeh beit elokim 
ושם יוציא זרעו המעשר והתרומה. And so the Ramban goes on and says remez. Right, you know the remez is? Uh, like uh, the, the, the meaning behind the meaning. The, I mean the word remez means a hint. But it, it means really that there's a, there's a necessary there's a necessary interpretation. In other words, if you say to yourself, and why does the Torah tell me the story? And why do I have to know about Malki Tzedek Bel Shalev? And why do I have to know that he gave him Maser Mikol? We don't have to know all of that. There are probably a lot of things that happened in the course of the war that Avram Avinu waged against the kings. And the Torah doesn't tell us all of those stories. So what is it? What's the remez? Kisham Yeh Beit Elokim. He told... Avram Avinu, that even though you went to Shechem, you had a good reason for going to Shechem, but the Beit Elohim is going to be built in Yerushalayim. Will be built in Yerushalayim. That's what, that's what Avram Avinu had to, had to know, because Avram Avinu might have made the same mistake that the Samaritans made. In Bayit Sheni, right, the Samaritans said, we want, I mean, they had their own difficulties, their own problems, and by the end they said, we want to build the Beit HaMikdash in Shechem. We, the Samaritans, want to build the Beit HaMikdash in Shechem. And they brought the argument, they brought forth the argument that the name Yerushalayim does not appear in the Chumash, which happens to be true. You know, it's, they could read from one end to the other. The name Yerushalayim does not appear in the, in the uh, Chumash, but the Chumash says again and again, El HaMakom, to the place which Ayah Kaddish Baruch will show you. It'll be revealed to you. But still, still this, this doubt, Moshe Rabbeinu was, I mean, Avinu went to Shechem, right? He had a reason for going to Shechem. But if you read the parasha, it turns out that you come to Eretz Yisrael, you go to Shechem. I mean, today, you know, people generally come there. It's really go to Yerushalayim. But you might have thought about it a different way. That Abba Bidu went to Shechem, so we should all go. We should all go to Shechem. So that's what he said. The big Beit Elokim, Visham, there in Yerushalayim, Yotzis are Ohava The descendants, the descendants of Avram Avinu will get the, the tithes, the Maaser and the Truma. Visham Yevarchu. Et Hashem. And there they will bless, they will bless HaKadosh Baruch. So you see that even though, I mean, I think it's interesting, it's interesting to note that even though Avram Avinu was unique in his devotion to HaKadosh Baruch, he accepted the fact that every human action can be done in the manner of a mitzvah, or stop with no regard to what it is that's going on. In spite of that, Aramavinu knew, Aramavinu knew that there were other people in the world who were on the way. And when Chazal say that Aramavinu <coughs> uh, created a lot of converts, the Chushashev, Asu Becharan, Right, that's, uh, that's what the Pasuk says, that Avinu and Sarah, they both made a lot of converts. These converts were probably the followers of Malki Tzedek, 
or similar people to Malkis, and people who understood things, perhaps not perfectly, not as Avram Avinu understood them, but he was in a world, he became the one who created hope in the world. And that's why Rashi says that Charon Af, the anger that HaKadosh Baruch had towards the world, which we see in the Mabul, in the, in the flood, that anger abated. It was no longer the dominant feature describing the relationship between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the world that was created. But the relationship was an optimistic one. It could happen because there was Avram Avinu, but besides Avram Avinu, there was also, also Malkitzedek. Right? Malkitzedek is, I think, an important factor. Right? He was not Avram Avinu, but he was more than an idolater. He was not just a person who could not understand what was, what was actually happening. So this is, the, this is the beginning. Some of the things we were able to speak about, some of them you know about without speaking about them, like the fact that uh, there had to be a mother. Yitzchak had to have a mother. And that, uh, and that mother, that mother had to be, even if it took a, uh, a very serious miracle to create her. Also, one of the ways in which Avraham Avinu was dislodged from his relationship to his father was by changing his name. By changing his name, I mean, when you change somebody's name, he's a new person, he's different. So Avraham Avinu name changed, right? Whatever the reason for the name change stated in the Pasuk, nevertheless, he's not the child of his father who gave him the name Avram. Right, who gave him the name Avram. And the same thing is true about Sarai, who becomes Sarah. They are the new beginning. They're the new start for the community that will become Am Yisrael, which at least in the way we look at it, somehow uh, keeps the world going. We keep the world going, not because we're all as good as we should be, but because as a collective, we have certain merit, right? As a collective, we're better than we are as individuals, right? So just like sometimes a collective is punished for the sins of some individuals, so too a collective is supported because there are righteous people somehow in the you know in the in this in this collective okay have a good shabbos okay.